0: A Shannon on Batman. Today, it is our pleasure to have a great man who you've seen on G Force Attack of the Show and Geek360. He also founded FilmThreat.com. In 2005, he wrote and produced the movie My Big Fat Independent Movie, which starred Paulie Shore, Jason Hughes, Clint Howard, and Better Call Saul's Bob Odenkirk. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you can uh, listen to our guest on his very own podcast called Pogrash. Uh, welcome to the show, Chris Gore. Thank you, sir, for coming on. All right. Thank you. Hey, thanks, guys, for having me. This is fun. Awesome, awesome. awesome. So we're we're a Michigan-based uh, podcast, uh, and we're doing our research, we, we read that you uh, grew up in Royal Oak. You went
1: to Royal yeah. Oak? So yeah. When- I, grew, I grew up in Royal Oak. I went to Royal Oak Kimball High School, which is now Royal Oak High School. But yeah, no, I grew up in Royal Oak. I moved to Los Angeles in 1989. So awesome. yeah, I'm uh, I'm from the Big Mitten. Awesome, yeah, awesome, heck
0: yeah. So do you do you remember when when you were a kid? Were there any like comic book shops that you frequently like frequented every like every Wednesday or on the weekend or something? Were you a big into comics back in
1: the day? Yes, I was. It was Dave's Comics in Royal Oak. I awesome. would go to Dave's Comics all the time to buy collectibles to get. I mean, downtown Royal Oak was not as hip as it was uh it is now I right, mean, now right. it's like this hipster area but uh <laughs> when i was growing up it was let's be honest royal oak was kind of a shithole uh, <laughs> yeah. but there were like these little glimpses of cool stuff there was noir leather cinderella's attic and there was dave's comics this was like the beginning of royal oak starting to become cool now it's mostly bars and restaurants from the last time i was there which was about a year ago yeah very much but true. um But yeah, no, Dave's Comics was one of the places I went to like every, I went to every week. I mean, it was how I, how I, you know, ended up buying, you know, the Dark Knight Returns series, like in its first run, you know, having to wait like two, three months between issues and also same thing with The Watchmen. And I've kind of rediscovered comics, you know, when I was going to college and that's when there was like this rebirth, like in the, it was like mid 80s. Like comics were just like, wow, you know, they're, they're not just these, you know, they're, they're telling more adult stories. They're for adults now, basically with yeah. the Frank Miller and Alan Moore. So where did, where did you go to college? Was it Ferris State? No, I went to, uh, actually, uh, my dad went to Ferris State. Your dad went to, I, went to, <laughs> I went to Wayne State University. Awesome. Awesome. awesome.
0: That's perfect because Bruce Wayne, Wayne State University. Oh. I, yes, I, I see.
1: Ex- I, you know what? I never thought of that. Now that yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah, to Wayne State. Awesome, awesome.
0: <laughs> so, um, you were to mention something about you know going to Dave's Comics. What was the most seminal comic book storyline comic that you read,
1: Batman, when you were growing up in Royal Oak? Well, it's weird. Like I became a Batman fan. From seeing initially, I remember being distinctly, I was five years old, and they ran this movie, and it was the Batman movie. And this was the, of course, based on the 66 Batman, they actually made a film, which was kind of this extended pilot for the TV show. And it had, of course, you know, a a whole bunch of rogues gallery of villains, and it had that storyline with the U.N., where they get turned into like dust. Different colored dust. Yeah. I remember which is that. which is awesome. I've always wanted to see a guy dressed as an Adam West Batman running around with like test tubes filled with different colored dust. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that at a con. I think that would be hilarious. And he fought a
0: shark like on a helicopter oh, ladder. The
1: shark repellent. I mean, like from the <laughs> beginning it was the colors and it was you know, um and so I saw this, you know, being five years old and it just blew me away. And that just led to an obsession with Batman wow. where, I mean, there's a photo of me at the Detroit zoo with a Batman t-shirt on. And I, you know, I just loved everything Batman. And of course then watched the, the television show, which is really interesting because that show written by Lorenzo Semple Jr. Most of it, it was the guy who actually wrote the flash Gordon movie. A lot of those episodes, they're just working on two different levels. On one level, it's totally for kids. And on another level, there is so much sexual innuendo and so yeah, much yeah. going on. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it was really the TV show that got me into it and then buying comics here and there. But then I kind of like, then like most of us as a teenager discovered girls. Right. And comics weren't cool for girls. Yeah. I set aside my sort of geek passions for a brief period, but it was, it was reawakened. As soon as the Dark Knight Returns came out, I just had to buy everything Batman. I mean, I went back and bought old Neil Adams runs. I You know, Batman year one, Batman year two, everything Batman I could get my hands on after, but nothing really compared to The Dark Knight Returns. I mean, that was just such a great story um, and stands today, I mean, as probably the most influential Batman comic or comic book because it influenced all the movies that we Mm -hmm. see today because they're more adult, right? Mm -hmm.
0: And it it seems like it influenced Tim Burton and it obviously influenced Chris Nolan, but it even looks like it's influenced the new Batman V Superman, Donna Justice with, uh, with Ben Affleck. And I'm curious, what, what do you think about Ben Affleck being cast as
1: Bruce Wayne slash Batman? I think, well, first of all, you're casting a chin. Let's be honest. I think that like, and I have a weird theory. I actually think that Michael Keaton was the best Batman. And I think that, Christian Bale was the best Bruce Wayne. I mean, Michael Keaton did not make a good Bruce Wayne. You're really right. casting Bruce Wayne because they use body doubles in those suits in, in a lot of the fight scenes. And really the only visible part of your anatomy is your chin. Mm-hmm. And Ben Affleck, let's be honest, he's got an amazing chin. Some <laughs> man chin. And, and I, I, I think Ben Affleck will be great because I think he has, I mean, you can criticize his early films that I think he learned from. You know, I mean, he learned by making bad movies and he directed Argo. I really think that right. I really have a lot of high hopes for Batman v. Superman because, well, I, I I think because Ben Affleck is involved. I mean, I think in a way he'll be ghost directing the movie and having a lot of influence on it. Um, I was not a you know, I'm sort of I, I love I love and hate Man of Steel.
0: Talk you know, about it. Let's yeah. why, why is that? Because it's well, such a controversial because, movie.
1: Well, because he, did, he didn't really become... And I guess, you know, you can retcon your thinking about it. A lot of fans do that. Like, well, he wasn't really Superman yet. I mean, to me, being a hero involves self-sacrifice. And I think that um, this is sort of uh, selfish, emo Clark Kent. And I, I don't I don't even like him. You know what I mean? Like, he's kind of a selfish asshole. He has all these powers and doesn't want to do anything you know, he's sort of randomly helping people. Um, and then when he gets pissed off, he destroys that guy's truck and he could uh, murder uh, everyone. <laughs> it to. I mean, it's, it's weird. There's like weird things when you watch that movie, like Superman's kind of a dick, you know, like mm. causing all this collateral damage. It's the thing. I mean, my understanding is that, uh, Batman be Superman, I have a friend who's read the script who says it's amazing. And it brings in a lot of almost everyone from the justice league, except for one, one character. Um, okay. And it's, it's, it deals with the collateral damage. The collateral damage in, in, that you find out from Metropolis is why people don't completely trust Superman. That's awesome. And it ends on a cliffhanger. Batman v Superman is going to, I think, piss off a lot of fans because the movie ends on a total cliffhanger setting up Justice
0: League. Awesome.
1: So I, I don't know how satisfying... There was a rumor that the movie was going to be split into two films, and based on what I know about the script, I don't see how this movie is going to be less... I mean, if it's under three hours, I'll be shocked because... <laughs> We've said not. that
2: too, actually. The exact same thing. If it's under three hours, like there's no way to make it less than that. Right.
1: Yeah, I, I'd almost prefer to see two parts. You know, like I think there was that rumor, that thing that was on uh, Ain't It Cool, uh, the still of like, you know, uh, Batman v Superman part one, Enter the Night, and then Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. I like that idea. Like, you know, six months later, here's part two. And then also it's setting up Justice League. I mean... DC, let's be honest, has to get their shit together because right. Marvel is doing it right, and it's not as if though Marvel like I'm sure that that um, Kevin Feige and whatnot. It's not as if they planned everything out. Like if Iron Man wasn't a success, there would be no Marvel Universe. Correct. Right? Yep. Yep. There would be no MCU as it's called, or the Marvel Connected Universe, where all of these movies connect to each other. And I th- I feel like it's interesting because I said years ago that DC could do this and they can just do everything backwards. They can start with the justice league and then tell the prequels to those stories. Whereas Marvel kind of built up to the Avengers telling everyone's origin or, yeah. and then getting to the Avengers. Right. And it seems like they're
0: kind of going that route other than like Batman V yeah. Superman they're the way that they are kind of like setting things up is like, here we have, we're going to give you Batman V Superman. That's going to set up kind of this world. And then it seems like suicide squad is going to set up the villains of the world in which they're going to be, you know, telling you Leto's going to be the Joker. You got Will Smith in it. You got Margot Robbie, or Robbie, however you want to pronounce her name, Charlie yeah. Harley Quinn. And it seems like they, it's like they're kind of taking the opposite kind of look. We don't want to be. What Marvel's doing is great. It's in, it's awesome, and we're gonna do something like that. But it's gonna be, we're gonna turn it on its head. We're gonna we're gonna tr- trek trek into our own like universe. You know differently. You know we're gonna, obviously we have to set things up, but we're just going to do it just a little bit differently than what MCU going to been doing. And it's like i have been pretty happy with um, everything that we've seen so far. I mean, what do you think of? You know, we talked about uh, Ben's chin and everything. What did you think about seeing that first still of Ben in the suit and then and then the
1: Batmobile? Oh, I, I thought it was awesome. I, I'm not sure about the Batmobile. I think it's a little. It's a little too sports car, and I, I hate that. That's like the the Joel Schumacher Batman, and right, right. I'm not a big fan of the '89 Batman Batmobile. I'm I'm a Tumblr guy, you know. I like I sort of cherry pick the things I like from the different movies. I mean, um, I do think that the Nolan, I mean, the, the Nolan Batman films are awesome because he he came at it from a realistic standpoint, which mm-hmm. is a total indie filmmaker way of going about it, and that's where that's where Nolan's roots are—an independent film. Mm-hmm. Um, and even his sets are kind of run like an indie movie. you know they're not they don't feel like a big budget movie from I mean I know some people who work on and work on his films. so um, and it's interesting too because Nolan on the set will speak in code language. so all the top people in production know, what some of the secrets of the movie bar movie are, but they speak in a code language. So on the set, that's why secrets don't get out on Nolan movies. It's amazing. The number of secrets that were able to be kept under lock and key before that film came out. But it seems like Batman v Superman. What I don't like is the way they're promoting it. They're leaking too much. You know, we've seen so much of the movie and I almost feel like Zack Snyder feels like, gosh, you know, I got to make up for this because you know, the Marvel universe is, is kicking our ass. Um, but they haven't even, you know, there's really only been one movie. I mean, Man of Steel is the first movie that kind of kicked off the new DC universe. Uh-huh. And the, the reaction from fans was mixed, you know. I mean, for pure spectacle, it's incredible. I mean, it, it really dwarfs most of the, the the Marvel movies. And the effects are going, are looking more realistic. But at the same time, I think that they underestimated the collateral damage. I watched it again recently. And I think the thing that really kills it is Jenny Olsen, or she's just referred to as Jenny is screaming pure panic. Like she's going to be killed as the sort of wave, this, this sort of wave is coming towards her. And the guy from house of cards and Lawrence Fishburne are trying to save her. It's played, not like it's played totally dead serious in a way. That's actually kind of scary. Like, and My understanding is, and this could be wrong, in the script, they say that 20,000 people died in that, in the metropolis fight between General Zod and Superman. I think if that happened in real life, no matter what color costume an alien from another planet, if 20,000 people died from collateral damage from a fight from two aliens on the planet Earth, we'd fucking hate that guy. Yeah,
2: definitely. I Uh, agree.
1: Yep. Yeah, so so I think they're, when my understanding is they're trying to retcon that by Batman is teaching Superman, you have to have a code. And he even references killing General Zod like, look, it's not like I'm going to kill you, he says to someone in the movie is one of the lines that Superman says. So they actually are doing a lot of damage control, you know, no pun intended, from the first movie because people's reaction was so mixed. It wasn't, and I think the thing that was sad about it is it wasn't fun. I mean, I took my kids to see it and they, they were not totally. They weren't into it. You know, it wasn't was superhero
2: Superman like they wanted to see. Right. It was for the adults, right.
1: yeah. And it's something that kids are supposed to enjoy, right? At least, you know, Batman's the dark, you know, darker character. They played it like very dark, and I don't think that that's that's not Superman. Superman is like you know the Boy Scout and the yeah. the do gooder, and you know yeah. he's well aware that he could murder everyone on the planet Earth if he. Wanted to with his powers, but keeps that in check like a god, you know, like like a benevolent god, and it, it's it's very strange. So, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I, I like Zack Snyder for spe- spectacle, but boy, he from a story standpoint, he's he's gotta he's gotta he's gotta reach the right tone with this Batman v Superman. But I love Affleck. I think he's it's total rip on Frank Miller, right? Yeah, and it,
0: like. You know, you brought up something interesting about Man of Steel. Like when I was watching the first time I I saw Shades of Nine Eleven in the movie, you yeah. know. And I was like, Ooh, like it, to me it's still too soon you know, I wasn't in, in New York at the time but it's still like, Man, like you're gonna turn some people off because it's just like people don't want to see that kind of... Then when they come to see a Superman movie, they're not looking for that. They're looking for, you know, guys flying. They're looking for, you know, epic fights, you know, bet- you know, but they don't want to see, like, a commentary. I don't know if he you, you was trying to give, like, a commentary on, like, the attacks on 9-11, but you definitely felt that creeping into the movie as the that those scenes kind of progressed.
1: And yeah, was- I don't think I don't think it was a commentary on 9/11. I think it was an unintended shift in tone where he made it he made the circumstances dire, but there was no they could have looped a line of dialogue like metropolis is empty, you know. Right. You know, metropolis is mostly empty and then the only people that stayed behind were the people, you know, from the Daily Planet to report on it. So there's maybe 25 people in all of Gotham and it's deserted, but the way they played it was this attack just happens. Everything happens so quickly they didn't evacuate Metropolis. It, it, and and also, I mean, it just it just, the tone is the reason that it didn't work. And I remember seeing a screening of it and people kind of half-heartedly clapping, but not like clapping in a victorious way. And I remember seeing Superman in its first run, the Christopher Reeve, and people went nuts. And the other thing that was lacking is, there's not much of a sense of humor in the movie. I mean, there are a few little winks and nods and jokes here and there and Easter eggs, but boy, it's, that's a weird film. So I I feel like Zack Snyder is actually trying to make up for that movie by doing Batman V Superman. Um, But it's just strange that the next villain that Superman faces is Batman. I, I don't know how that's going to, I mean, what I do love about the Marvel movies is there's a chronology like, Something that happens in one movie affects another movie or is referenced. And I think Kevin Feige said they're not going to be doing any origin stories anymore, that all of the movies are just going to introduce these characters and then tell things in either backstory or just... You're going to see characters... You're never going to see just a Captain America movie. It's Captain America, of course, with Iron Man and all these other heroes. And now Spider-Man is going to be in um, Civil War, which will be awesome. And they just announced today that Drew Goddard... well. That was today, right? Yeah, Drew, it was
0: today. Drew Goddard from Cabin in the Woods will write and direct the Spider-Man movie for the MCU. I don't know if you were able to see that or anything.
1: Oh no, I didn't see that this morning.
0: That's yep, great. That That's really got... good
1: news. Like, like that. I just think that they've got the right. What What Marvel came up with is the right tone. The tone for these movies is fun. Dire circumstances. It's like, and they, they always include humor. Humor is a big part of the Marvel movies, and 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 but not humor that that takes you out of the movie it's it's all within the right context so it's this balance of these things that work and also a a term that that uh, i I enjoy using which is they totally give lots of fan jobs (laughs) that's a very good one but it's not a bad fan job like that shot that iconic (laughs) shot of all the avengers where the camera circles around and they're all together in the center of new york Kind of taking point like that yeah. i mean i remember getting chills in the theater and people just going ape shit. and uh i saw it at a screening that stan lee actually introduced which was amazing um on catalina island it was at a film festival and they showed the avengers and stan lee was there and did A Q&A after it was incredible wow but that's, that's but fucking uh badass. But that shot i mean that's a fan job right I mean, right and definitely joss, joss whedon is is you know look he, he, he doesn't mind giving you a fan job. I expect many <laughs> fan jobs from J.J. Abrams in the new Star Wars movie. Oh, but, yeah, oh yeah. But but it's, you know, it, it works. They've got the right balance. What what I think is missing, or we'll see with the DC movies, is they have to fix the tone. I mean, the movies are going to have different tones, but they haven't gotten it right. Man of Steel just missed the mark on that. And it was disturbing. So, so there you go. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay.
0: We that love rants. That's yeah. good. Yeah, yes. we, we, you brought a new term to us, fan jobs. We never heard that. Fan
1: before.
0: job. Thank yeah. you. Oh, yeah. Use that term. Hashtag fan jobs. Hashtag, hashtag fan jobs. We'll awesome. use it. Hashtag fan job. So what was it? Okay. So we talked about, you know, 66, that 66 Batman movie. What was it like seeing the Batman, the Tim Burton Batman 89 uh, Batman film for the first time? Do you think that, you know, look at it in retrospect, like it has its place in history, but it's not, it's by no means like a Dark night kind of a film.
1: No, it's the, the, the problem with that movie is, and this is where Christopher Nolan got it right, because Christopher Nolan's pitch for um, Batman Begins was, I want to do uh, the original Superman movie, but I want to do it about Batman. We've never seen Batman's origin told. There were glimpses of it in the comic, and of course there's that, he sees his parents killed, a bat flies through the window, you know, 15, 20 years later, I shall become a bat. There's a lot of time in between seeing your parents killed and that, and that story was never really told. There was the man, what was it, that story, The Man Who Left, which fills in a little bit of those details. But Nolan cherry-picks, what I love about him is he cherry-picks the best of the Batman comics, including things like The Dark Knight Returns, and told that story, Uh uh, which I love. Seeing the 89 Batman for the first time, which I saw it, um, I think I saw it was the Americana. It was at the Americana theater. Americana was still around on uh, what is that on Southfield or Greenfield Avenue. Um, that was the big movie theater where I saw all the movies as a kid. Um, and I went to an early screening. And I remember being disappointed because it's not a Batman movie. That yeah. movie, if you, if you go back and study the original Batman movie, it's an, it's an origin story of the Joker.
0: Right, yeah. I mean,
1: I think Tim Burton was personally obsessed with the Joker and his dark story, and wanted to tell that. And and you see, it's it's if you follow if you know Joseph Campbell stuff and you follow the hero's journey, you meet, of course, you meet Jack Napier. He's this you know criminal who's on the rise, whatnot. He's got this asshole boss. They're both boning the same chick. <laughs> so he sets him up, but you see all this stuff. There's so many story points to the journey of Jack Napier into the Joker, to becoming a crime Lord, to just going insane, to, you know, all the sort of crazy ways that he would approach committing crimes. I like the way Nolan approached it is, you know, the Joker's like a force of nature. The Joker is like Jaws. Whenever you hear that music, I remember getting chills because you knew the Joker was coming. And signaling that coming made it scary. Right. But but that 89 Batman movie, I remember being very disappointed and then, of course, seeing it seven times more in the theater, but, and that was the year I moved to Los Angeles. I moved to LA, and then I saw it again because that movie played all summer, and then yeah. played in second run. And I saw it at the Egyptian Theater on Hollywood Boulevard, which is such a shithole. At the time, it's now renovated. At the time, it was so bad you would see cockroaches crawling on the tops of chairs
2: oh, as wow. you're
1: watching the movie. It wow. was awful. But but I saw, it, and every time I saw it, I had this like, I, I wondered if it was good. I wondered if it was bad. I couldn't I couldn't tell. I wasn't quite sure what I had seen, you know, like, well, I got to see it again. It's sort of like your reaction to episode one of star Wars. I need to see it again to know if it was that shitty. And (laughs) in in retrospect, I mean, it's, 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 you know, parts of it hold up, but really it's, it's, it's not a Batman movie. And, but I do like Michael Keaton's performance as Batman when he is Batman is great, but we don't know what led up to that. He's more of a mystery than the Joker true that right and i have two so,
0: issues with that
1: movie and sorry, so i don't mean to cut you off but no, please tell me I, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to hear because there are people that you know vehemently defend it i mean i was fully an adult when i saw it i was in my 20s and so but a lot of people saw it when they were kids so they have an affection for it so i'm curious what you thought well i i like i still have like obviously it's my first inter introduction to the character
0: of batman but my issue is okay joker kills batman's parents what where was that in the comic i don't ever remember remember reading that in the comic and like that to me that really took out the that it made the joker older than what he should have been like i always picture my joker as like if batman's 30 31 then the joker's got to be 30 31 32 like i don't see them like i don't see one's 30 years older than the other and then the other issue i have is at the very end when they're in the cathedral when vicky vale starts blowing the joker yep like i think you know what i'm talking about uh yes like I'm like, this is a PG-13 rated rated movie. How how is this being allowed in any? Like she just drops down. Like I love purple, and she's all of a sudden she just goes out like down out of frame and. It's. It was. I don't know. Well, I mean, what did you think about those? Well, things?
1: ultimately, I imagine that he, she probably wasn't blowing him. She was probably just sort of stroking his cock like outside the purple pants <laughs> and sort of getting him erect. <laughs> I just didn't think there was enough time. If you look, at that, if you look at that, she's really sort of stroking outside the pants. We've all we've we've had this happen to ourselves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's the lead up to a blow. You know what's coming,
2: right? Yeah. So, he might have been. But coming. that
1: was weird. But also, like, Vicki Bale's kind of. I, I don't know. I think she's uh, very loose. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah I remember I She sleeps with Bruce Wayne the first night. And I, I remember talking to people going like, that was just like weird, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, having man. having been in those experiences before, I can never take a girl seriously after that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> to sleep with a girl on the first night, it's like, well, it was good to have met you. Yeah. I think that's kind of how Bruce Wayne plays it because he kind of avoids her after that. But she's in love. He's, lot, he's lying
0: to her and Alfred kind of fucked up. In the middle of the back missbill, we're gonna be here for quite some damn it,
1: Alfred. Shut up. I'm a hero. I know, and then Alfred basically blows his cover. I mean, Alfred kind of sucks in, in those Batman movies. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. What's his name? Michael Go is the actor. Like he like played Alfred through all those, you know, good and bad Batman movies. You know, some were some were decent some were awful, but mm-hmm. you know, I just felt like the villains just were ridiculous. They just got more and more over the top and stupid. You know, to the end with like Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Oh, Freeze, man. and it's Chill. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's just moronic. Oh, but 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 I, Nolan got it back on track, and I think that that's like you know we've seen the tone that Nolan, uh, the the way that Nolan played it, we've seen that in the comics. We just never saw it on a movie. In a movie you know, like and and then of course Batman's always burdened by the fact that that, that the '66 Batman TV show was so popular. Mm-hmm. It's you know they still whenever they show a you know, like if you watch local news, which is the dumbest thing in the world, they still say, "Oh, pow, bang, zap, crack." You know, it's Batman is back. <laughs> yes, the, the pow thing has not existed since the '60s TV show. You morons!
0: Mm-hmm. It's it was. It, there's a reason for it to stay in the '60s. So please, local TV, yeah. let us stay yeah. in the '60s.
1: No, I love it. I bought the Blu-ray set of the, the box set, which was amazing. And then they 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 mailed everybody the corrected discs because I guess there was some problem with uh, two of the discs in the Blu-ray set had uh, had issues. But uh, I love the '66 Batman show because it's a it's 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 a take on Batman that totally works in itself. I think mm-hmm. you know, like Zack Snyder's take on Superman didn't work. It didn't work. It was off. It looked visually amazing. That was completely the wrong way to approach the character. That what was missing was the character. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, I don't know if you saw the latest Star Trek movie, Into Darkness. Um, I'm not a big fan of that movie. I think it's I it's, like it's horrible and, and just awful. And, and Nicholas Meyer, who directed the original Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan, you know he had some very polite criticism for the movie. He said, you know, you can you can put different you can take a wine bottle you can put different wine in the bottle, but you can't change the bottle. And the bottle represents the characters in Star Trek. The problem with Star Trek Into Darkness, the characters weren't acting like the original characters. It yeah. was ridiculous, mm. yep. and and I think that that's the problem with Man of Steel is that's not Superman. You know, it's an alien from another planet that you know basically killed twenty thousand people. How do you? Wouldn't you be racked with guilt? I think it's just it's One just weird. <laughs> I mean, I mean if they if they go with that, that's my understanding in the script is that 20,000 people were killed in the Battle of Metropolis. And I just think that that's an excessive number. I mean, that's more than the people that were killed in 9-11. And if, if that's true, that just adds like a layer that like, I just think that that's unforgivable. Yeah, how and that's can you like, like
2: Superman after that? Yeah, like...
1: How, does, how would anyone trust like, oh my God, if you see Superman flying by your window, get the fuck away. <laughs> There's going to be a battle that's going to kill thousands of people in the radius of that battle. I mean, he's not... Thinking, I mean, think, I think that's maybe where Batman comes in and tries to. The, my understanding is there's, a, there's scenes where Batman tries to teach Superman you need a code. You have all these powers, you're not using them right. You have to have a code by which you use this great power. Right. Yeah. Right. And you talk about character, and
0: I, I want to. The one show that I feel like really got Batman really right, other than the Chris Nolan Batman movies, was. The great nineteen nineties uh, animated series, series, Batman the animated series. Do you? Oh yeah. What What are your thoughts and what do you, What do you take away from that? I mean, it's almost been, it's been more than twenty years since it, yep. it debuted, it and it seems like people are still plucking the best from that show. If you look at Scott Snyder's new run with the new Fifty Two Batman, it looks like he's plucking certain yep. uh, things. I mean, they added Harley Quinn. Like, what What are your What do you take away? What What are your thoughts
1: on that amazing show? Uh, well, first of all, I love that show. From it was just it had a vision for Batman that was it had a continuity and a vision. You saw the origins of many of the villains. It I mean I, the Batman animated series stands as like one of the best takes on Batman ever, along with the '66 Batman. But it's different, you know. It's not comedic, so mm-hmm. I love that aspect of it. And of course, the voice acting of Kevin Conroy. Oh man, holy! Cr- I mean, he is Batman, and I love. And he's carried on into the video games. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, you know, the video games I think are amazing. All the Arkham games are incredible. I'm sure you guys have Arkham Knight on pre-order. Oh, yeah, for sure. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) But yeah, Kevin Conroy's voice I just associate with Batman. He is the voice of Batman Mm -hmm. in video games and in that animated show. And it's amazing. And and in the comics. What's really fun to, to think about is because Batman's a character that's been around, what, 75 years now. Right. Right? And things have been added to it, (coughs) excuse me, added to the mythos by different mediums, right? You've got Robin was introduced in the comics, uh, Batman, of course, you know, so many different elements of Batman were introduced in the comics, but Commissioner Gordon as a character was actually introduced in the 66 TV show. Commissioner Gordon was never in the comics. What they needed was they needed a character that would kind of explain the villain of the week to Batman and they created this character, Commissioner Gordon, right? So then, Commissioner Gordon from the became popular in 66 TV show. Then they work him back into the comics. The same thing with Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn was created as a character for the Joker to speak to, because you can't. It's difficult as a writer to write a, the Joker by himself, talking to mindless, uh, you know, henchman number one. So the, Harley Quinn was created in the in the animated series, then made its way into the comics and the video games, and then cosplay by thousands of crazy chicks at, at, at conventions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. We always Whenever see... I see a girl dressed as Harley Quinn, I think there's a reason she wanted to dress in the onesie and walk around like a nutcase mm-hmm. at a convention. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I'll talk to her about really it too to if she really wants. Like... <laughs> but it's, it's funny. It's funny that like these different mediums <clears throat> introduce ideas that then get used in the movies. Now you see Harley Quinn character created in the animated series, making its way now into the film chronology of the DC universe. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we're, I think we're all excited about the, that character finally, because we haven't seen that yet in a Batman film, nope. like a right. live action version. I'm, I'm very excited just to see it. Just on paper. Yeah, just on paper in the animated series and the game. So it's, it's going to be, it's exciting for that. Um, we gotta jump though to to Batman and Robin. I, I don't like talking about this movie. I just wish that it God, it, it yeah. has to be talked about though. It has to. It, it's, it's funny when we do talk about yeah, it. it. It's good. Everyone shits on Batman and Robin and definitely deserves it. But could it be the most important Batman movie because they stopped making those shitty Batman movies because of that shitty Batman movie? Right. So it, and they're like, let's go out and find a director someone who cares about the character. And luckily that was Chris Nolan who gave us Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and The Dark Knight Rises. Do you think that if, if Batman and Robin
1: never would have happened, would we have ever gotten that to that point? Well, yeah. I think, I think part of the problem was is that it was built on the fast food uh, toys <clears throat> and the merchandising. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. you can go to any convention and see a wall of horrible Batman toys based on Michael Keaton's physique. I mean, just like stuff that looks like never, I mean, they had that mold and they made, you know, wing Batman, this, underwater Batman. It was, you know, whatever <laughs> color, whatever new wings they had, it was the stupidest thing ever. In addition to all the fast food toys, and Tim Burton even complained about this, that, you know, it influenced the movies where it's like he had to have variations of the Batmobile and the Batboat. And these kind of shoehorned in these elements that needed to be there. And I think it's cool if those elements are there. I mean, look, who doesn't love the Batmobile? It is, right. you know. In terms of, of you know, vehicles from fantasy, one of the best vehicles ever, right up there with Doc Brown's time traveling DeLorean,
0: James right Bond's up there car, with
1: you know the Blues Brothers mobile. Like yeah. when you look at like sort of the famous cars from movies, the Batmobile is one of the coolest cars. So, so it's cool. Actually, I, I, I read a thing where Chris Nolan talked about originally the Batmobile was supposed to be destroyed in batman begins mm-hmm. but he saved it he saved a lot of ideas for the second movie it was really going to be all about bruce wayne becoming batman that was the first movie and the second movie is really the joker movie and and, and of course 2 Face. but it's i don't know that dark knight movie is probably the best superhero movie ever made
0: oh yeah that for oh, yeah. sure there's no question but
1: but you're right about Batman and Robin. I will say, like, because it failed so miserably and because it was so rejected by fandom, it's you're right. It really led to them putting the character away for a while, rethinking it, getting a young up and coming indie director who'd proven he could work on a, at a studio level, and him pitching a take on on Batman. And because because um, because Nolan's such a big fan of the uh, of the Richard Donner directed Superman films, he wanted to just do that for Batman. And it's interesting too if you get that big box set of the Batman films. Uh, there's a separate, there's a second disc with all the extras on it. Have you guys seen it? Yes. Yep. And it's got that like interview. It almost feels like a podcast. It's basically a conversation with Chris Nolan and, and Richard, Richard Donner. Donner yep. Richard Donner's kind of making fun of Nolan for like, oh, you know, you had it so rough because you've got all this technology you can use but Nolan I, I like his style as a director because he only uses digital effects if there's no other way to achieve something and something that a lot of people don't know and I only know this because I know the effects house a guy I know who just actually won the Oscar for Interstellar ah. uh, for the in it. The, the, there are so many shots in Dark Knight and Batman Begins, all the Nolan movies that are model shots that you would never ever guess are model shots.
0: Like the, I remember watching like a behind the scenes with when in the Dark Knight when they're down the when they're chasing after uh, Harvey Dent when the Joker is. Yep. With well, that, that when they when the Batmo well, the tumbler hits the hits the garbage truck. That's a model shot. I was like, when I saw yep. that, I was like, holy shit! How they that? Well, looked- what
1: they did. What the, the here's the secret with that is the models are oversized so they're they're like one quarter scale right so they're really big models like look i've seen i've seen them they're they're huge models right so because they're so huge you don't have those issues the way they're lit i mean you can so it like like when you see someone standing next to the one quarter scale tumbler i mean it's big Uh you know so so because of that like they call them oversized miniatures and oversized miniatures look better than regular miniatures look you can look at the special effects that derek mettings did in the original superman movie and they look pretty shitty some of those model shots are pretty bad he
0: did the model shots for batman 89 too and like the when when the batwing blows up yep. at the yeah. cathedral like that right. i was like that's a bad one damn, but some that of that looks up.
1: pretty cheesy it's yeah. it's when you use oversized models and you shoot it like slightly, slightly in slow motion, not not full slow motion, um, it, and, and and light it correctly and cut it correctly in the editing room. It looks seamless mm-hmm. to the real to the the real sized you know the actual sized vehicles. So, um, yeah, I love all that stuff. I'm sorry, I just no, gets, like no. totally geeky into no. it. No, i I love it. To have the Batman in the industry yeah, that right. I get access to stuff. Yeah, that Batman
0: at the end of Batman Begins when the monorail goes in it like. Takes out like that, the the bridge or whatever. Right, it right. Falls right. right into the the thing. That's a that's a model shot as well. And it's like, wow, man, how like they no. That's why if, if no one's movies always like you could like almost like touch them on screen. That's how good that like when you look at the Star Wars movies, like the the. The latest trilogy, like it's like, oh wow, it's like everything looks like it was shot on a green screen because it all was shot on a green screen. With no, yeah, lady... those, those
1: effects. What's funny is watch episode one now; oh, it yeah. really doesn't yeah. hold up. Damn. And I'm not talking about like I'm not talking about like the obvious things like the story and Jar Jar and all that stuff. The effects do not hold up. Right. That's... In the original, I mean, it's it's really sad. I'm looking forward to. Episode seven, because everything I know about it is they're using as many practical effects as possible. Awesome, awesome. I'm like, yeah, that that, was the thing I like
0: most
2: about the trailer that was released. It looked so much more style wise to the
0: original trailer than it did
2: to one, two, and three. Yeah, so, oh, absolutely,
0: luckily, luckily. Um, it's great, uh, it's great that you kind of like agree, like, yeah, thank god Batman and Robin stopped that shit because we were able to get three great movies, even though that final one's, among some fans, but, is controversial. Well, what's
1: weird about the final one, Dark, you know, Dark Knight Rises, if you watch that, <laughs> excuse me, if you watch that movie now, it, you know what, it actually gets better the more you see it. Whereas something like the Avengers actually doesn't hold up the more you watch mm-hmm. it. Because the Avengers... So-
0: if you look at the like the avengers, the avengers movie and then play like transformers 2 and almost like i don't know about you but it, it kind of follows the same storyline yeah it's bad yeah but
1: but like but like dark knight rises i think that there my understanding is that there was a, a version that nolan edited that is different than the theatrical version that's almost an hour longer cuz it feels very montage-y, you know and once you get to the middle of the movie they skip over a ton of stuff yep and, and it, it, it didn't have time to really get, you know, and also Batman does disappear for a chunk of the movie, which is a problem. Yeah. But, you know, I think that there's also ideas that weren't really mined well in the film. I mean, of course we find out that Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is Robin at the end, but why didn't he become Robin in the middle? He could have been, he could have thrown on a mask. It's practically set up. He could have thrown yeah. on a mask and be wearing like a Gotham rogues, Hoodie with the R on it. You, know, you notice the R from the Gotham Rogues
0: mm-hmm. yeah, was oh, the yeah. Robin
1: R. Oh, he could yeah. have been yeah. wearing a Gotham Rogues hoodie, thrown on a mask, and he would have looked like Robin.
0: That would have been fucking badass too.
1: That would have been badass, but you know what? Superheroes' secret name is also their actual real name. That was kind of dumb. Yeah, but it I was... think it needed. I, I think. I think it definitely holds up better. But, um, but I would love to see someday. That Nolan cut—that's an hour long. Nolan doesn't do deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do bloopers because he feels it's disrespectful to the actors. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I feel that someday they're gonna they're gonna look and go, you know what? They 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 kind of eke this stuff out little by little, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's gonna be some ten year anniversary edition of Chris Nolan's Dark Knight series that's going to you know have all that extra stuff.
0: I'd love to see that too, because I'd love to see like outtakes or different scenes of like what Heath Ledger
1: brought in as the Joker. Deleted or extended. I think you'll never see that because (sighs) I don't know. I think that that's highly unlikely because of the way in which he died. I mean, I just think, don't think you're ever going to see it, but, but could we see the, the Chris Nolan original cut of dark Knight rises that I'd like to see because the other films, there was very little cut. There really were no deleted scenes. If you know the scripts, there's just like lines here and there, small stuff, like little cutaways. But but he really for especially for the Dark Knight, that movie was script to screen, pretty much the movie. There mm-hmm. are no deleted scenes because they used I mean that script was so tight. But Dark Knight Rises, there was a lot that was left on the cutting room floor, whole like chunks of that film. So um and I know that like Chris Nolan's wife actually came to his defense when fans, you know, pissed on the film and and finally, like a year later said, you know, you should see the original cut of the movie because the one he delivered to Warner brothers was much longer. It was like three and a half hours. I would have watched that. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather watch that. Yeah. I mean, somehow someday I hope.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I love to see that as well. Like my biggest problem with the movie has always
2: been, I, I feel like there's plot holes. Like you said, like there's parts that are missing. So if we ever, yeah, got- no,
1: well, it feels that way for a reason because they cut too much of it out. They, yeah. they told Nolan it had to be this length and this and, you know, look. When a studio is giving you two hundred and fifty million dollars, you have to do what they say. It's, you know, you get only so much creative freedom and clout. And luckily, Nolan has that. But I really think he got boned on Dark Knight Rises. Um, and I, I don't know. I just want to see. You're absolutely right. It feels like there's stuff missing. Right. Like
0: though, when he comes back, when he's he pull, you know, climbs out of the pit, then all of a sudden. He's
2: backing back in Gotham. I was like, in suit, everything ready to go. Like, I'm like, okay. Well, there's,
1: there's there's even ways to fix that. You know, like you just add a line like Alfred or like, I don't know why Alfred went away. I thought that was dumb. I think yeah. the reason people have problems with Dark Knight um, Rises is because characters do things they wouldn't do. Yep. Batman sees his parents murdered at the age of 10 years old. You know, Bruce Wayne sees his parents murdered at the age of 10 years old and becomes Batman. And then his girlfriend, or a girl he loves, gets killed, and he retires for eight years.
0: Yeah, that's still, I, that's my biggest Batman would never do that. Yeah,
1: that, that would just never happen. Bruce Wayne would never do that. He would continue the fight. And then there's no reason whatsoever for him to be blamed for the death of Harvey Dent. It's ridiculous. <laughs> what, would, what they need to do is just, you know, look, if they were going to make up a lie, just make up a lie that the Joker killed him. Yeah, that makes sense. That that makes sense. That's logical because Batman isn't a bad guy. So this whole thing of like, ah, just pin his murder on me and then you can chase me. What the fuck was that for? (laughs) So the ending of The Dark Knight is actually flawed. It was was kind of dumb. Like they really needed to say like, look, we're just going to pin this on the Joker. And the Joker probably should have been in The Dark Knight Rises. It was dumb. My understanding is initially... There were there was thoughts of when you know Scarecrows actually has that sort of kangaroo court. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the, the Joker was supposed to be the judge in that kangaroo court.
2: Oh, and, that would have been And now. they were
1: they were gonna cast a look-alike with makeup and just make it like the Joker is running that kangaroo court and he was broken out of prison. But the Joker not being in Dark Knight Rises is a huge missed opportunity because Dark Knight Returns was so good. I think. Nolan just couldn't see him doing it out of respect for Heath Ledger. Right. But it, it's, it's it's you know, the unfortunate reality of the real world and his death should not have impacted the fictional world of what's best for the storytelling. And what's best for the storytelling is should have brought back the Joker. I Contin- think that was a big mistake.
0: Yeah, continue that because he he was so threaded in, everything, in that movie that it just, it's like, why not at least, they didn't even read, reference him or mention him in, in the Dark Knight Rises than he did with Harvey Dent, which is, I was like, well, okay, Harvey. Yeah, there was,
1: apparently there was a line that he was supposed to be at Arkham. There was a line, but that was um, cut. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, you know, I think, I think look, I, I think Dark Knight Rises has its problems. I think, I think a full cut of it is not going to make it still a 100% great movie, but it's certainly better than what was released theatrically. But I really think that Heath Ledger's death made that third... Batman movie already kind of doomed from the beginning, Mm -hmm. especially if the decision was to not have the Joker in the film. I think that was a big mistake. Um, I think you could have seen a different take on it from another person. Um, so I don't know,
0: whatever. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, it brings up an interesting, uh, kind of the next question has to be who, who would you like to see? You know, you talk about Chris Nolan and then that theatrical cut. Um, who, who do you want to see direct the next solo Batman movie? Because it seems like that's that's got to happen. There's gotta ben, be Affleck. A, ben, ben Affleck. You want Ben Affleck? Ben Affleck
1: could do it. Look at Argo. I mean, that is a very serious movie. Where Ben Affleck is in the movie, but he's not, he's not necessarily the star of the movie. He's the thread, right? Mm-hmm. But I think Ben Affleck should direct that Batman movie. I think he would be amazing at it. He's capable, which is a very, very select skill set that only few um in the entertainment business are able to do which is direct themselves in a movie mm. you know and ben affleck is capable of that i think he's i think when you look at the tone of argo i mean look look just look at argo forget that it's it's about the iran hostage crisis in the 70s you know you could make it about the suicide squad or to replace that with superheroes it would be a great movie right Mm -hmm, definitely it'd be even better and more appealing because because at least for guys like us fictional characters are more interesting than history Mm -hmm. oh yeah
0: there's no although i do
1: love my history so but like i'd love to see bad affleck directed i think i think i think he would be i think he would be great he would add a level of seriousness to it and i think
0: we're gonna have one final question for you and I think Kyle or Tom, do you guys want to ask a question for Yeah, sure. Um, You've mentioned that you have a great love
2: for The Dark Knight Returns. Would you ever want to see that turn into a full-fledged movie?
1: Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. There was talk of that, actually, Zack Snyder after The Watchmen came out. And Watchmen was you know, received mixed reviews. Very underrated. And, yeah. Mixed. I mean, I think we all agree. It should have been a 12 part series on HBO. That's that would have been it. awesome. That would have been, it, fantastic. Every, that would have every been epic. Every issue is a one hour episode, one hour or so episode done Game of Thrones, like in terms of its ambitiousness. Oh yeah. my God. Watchmen, 12 episodes. It's 12 hours. Actually, one of the best things, have you guys seen that animated comic?
0: Yeah. The the yeah. one with Watchmen, the Watchmen one.
1: Yeah. They, they take the comic book The Watchmen comic book, oh, motion comic stuff, yeah, comic
0: book,
2: yeah, Yeah. cool. Yeah, so um,
1: I would love to see Dark Knight Returns done, but my feeling is the material in Dark Knight Returns has been so mined by and stolen and used in other Batman movies that by the time you make it, it would be like, well, we've seen this.
2: Everybody, they've already done the cartoon
1: of it, which I didn't completely love. I thought the tone of it was way too cartoony. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the animation style should have been different. Um, but it, it I, I don't know. I, I think, it, I think now you couldn't do it because Batman V Superman is sort of, you know, Frank Miller's The Dark Knight
0: Returns. It's, it definitely seems like that's where they're going with it. I mean, if you look at the suit, it's, it looks yeah. like he, they just took it out of that third. Look that, at the Bat logo.
1: Yeah. Bat yeah. logo is the logo from, from that series. So it's totally that. Definitely.
2: Um, what, what are you doing, man? What do you want to plug? Is there anything you're working on that you'd like to give a shout out to, you know? Oh, sure. Um, Let's see.
1: A um, couple things. One, uh, filmthreat.com. I'm taking over filmthreat.com starting in March. Excellent. Awesome. Um, well, March 15th, actually. And I'll announce that I'm doing a Kickstarter. Excuse me. No, it's okay. <laughs> you're doing, all right. I'm doing a Kickstarter to bring it back. Um, so that'll start in, uh, the, you know, late March. You'll see that. Awesome. And, uh, I don't know. I really don't have anything to plug, you know, follow me on Twitter at that Chris Go to that You'll see what I'm up to. If you follow my tweets or whatnot, but I do have a Twitter account. That's all right. I only tweet about Batman. What? But, really? Yeah. It's called, it's my, on Twitter, I'm that Chris Gore. But if you look at batchrisgore. Don't bat chris gore on twitter is all tweets related to batman it's batman news batman pictures batman artwork batman videos just go to on twitter at bat chris gore and follow i tweet now. like maybe once once a day once every other day but it's all like the coolest batman stuff memes and videos and just stuff. whenever i see anything batman like i mean I think people would get annoyed if I constantly tweeted about Batman, so I have a separate Seven. Twitter account for that.
2: <laughs> That's dedication. I am also
1: I also am zombie Chris Gore, right? Tweet what? about zombies on Twitter. And then I'm also Han Zarkov, at Han Zarkov. <laughs> which, whenever there's a natural disaster, um, I tweet about it and I blame being the merciless. <laughs> That's so I, I like, I'm it. serious. Well, it's so cool because Edgar, Edgar Wright actually follows at Han Zarkov. <laughs> because he's a big fan of the original Flash Gordon movie, written by Lorenzo Semple Jr., who, you know, of course, wrote the Batman 6060. See, it all connects. Yeah, it does. It connects. It's always back yeah, to if Batman. You, if you follow Akhan Zarkov, you'll just see it's like tweets about horrible natural disasters that are inappropriate, and I blame Ming the Merciless. <laughs> and under the bio, it's his former NASA scientist. Wow. So, man, Chris Gore, the man of many
2: Twitter handles.
1: I, I've got, I probably have about 25 or 30 Twitter accounts. Oh, <laughs> you would not believe wow. the weird, but yeah, the Bat Chris Gore one is one that I'm very active on. Like, every other day, there's, like tweet from that, and, uh, yeah. I I'm, I definitely just followed all three yeah, of those. Yeah, oh, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Follow Some all three. Yeah, like, yeah, when you guys actually post this episode, tweet at Bat Chris Gore, and I'll retweet uh, the thing about the podcast. That'll be awesome. Excellent, awesome,
2: yeah, we'll definitely have to do this again. Thanks for coming on the show. It was really... Yeah, thanks for know, having we're me. We're all real big fans from when we were kids, you know, so... Watching you on Attack of the Show. Yeah, oh, yeah we all grew real? up watching. That. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: DV I You Day. mean, when you guys were kids, you used to watch Attack of the Show. We're like, all yeah. in our
2: early 20s, so, yeah. Oh, that's cool.
1: Well, yeah, <laughs> no, like, I was on the show for, like, eight years. It was almost... Not quite eight years. Almost made eight-year anniversary. But, yeah, no, it was fun. Nice. Look, it, But, like, what I do plan to do is actually bring back, because... I mean, I get people tweet at me or message me every day, when are you bringing back DB Tuesday? So if I can get this this Kickstarter fully funded, I'll actually bring DB Tuesday back as a weekly web show.
0: Oh man, we can't yes. wait. That sounds fantastic. We were watching like old DVD days on YouTube, just like we really need to prepare for this. Yeah, interview. prepared for you. We got to go <laughs> back
1: to our childhood
0: and watch DVDs day. And we watched the one with Nacho Libre, it, <laughs> The King Kong. Oh, nice. Yes. Yes, well, yeah, dude. you'll see.
1: You'll see. Like, I really want to bring it back and make it like, I mean, it'll be more than a segment. It'll be like a show and it'll be weekly and uh, um, on YouTube. But I need funding in order to do that. It's like, oh, yeah. it's not something you can put together cheaply so right yep. um yeah i'm hoping that this kickstarter will be able to there'll be enough people that want to see it that'll bring it back awesome. that's awesome. awesome i'm
0: totally i'm totally ready for it to come back man. please
1: do that people yeah. fund that it's something cool. good for you and good for us Great. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll send you guys out a link like once uh, once the Kickstarter link goes up, which will be uh, near the end of March. Awesome. Awesome. We fantastic. will share it definitely.
2: Man, Chris, cool. Gour, we cannot thank you enough for coming on the show. Thank you. Show. Thank, thank you guys. You guys, so much, you man. guys
1: know you're Batman, I'll tell you that. Yeah, we <laughs> thanks. Do. We thank you. You
2: guys. do too, as well, man. Well, cool. if... all right. Take care, you guys. Later. All right. Thanks. Later. That's going to do it for episode 23 of Shanley and on I'm Batman. Once again, I'd like to thank special guest Chris Gore for coming on the show and talking to us about all of everything. Catch us next week. Batman. I am the knight. I am the